Hello and welcome to Views from the Market, Mid-Market Private Equity and M&A in Canada. My name is Mario Negro. I'm a partner in the Private Equity and M&A group at Steichman Elliott. For today's special guest, I'd like to uh, welcome uh, Charlie Gifford. Charlie's a senior partner with New Heritage Capital. New Heritage is a U.S.-based private equity firm that focuses on mid-market investments, and they focus their investments both on uh, majority control deals, but also, uh, and what they're really well known for is their minority investments. So I'm excited to welcome you, Charlie. Thank you for joining us today. Well, Mario, I'm delighted to join you, and I just feel uh, grateful. I imagine everyone else uh, declined your invite to join you today, so I'm just happy that I got the look. <laughs> yeah, you're, I'm happy you said yes. <laughs> <laughs> happy to be here, and thank you for including me. Well, Charlie, uh, I you know appreciate your time today and, and the perspective. And New, New Heritage is such an interesting fund because they, they have, first of all, they focus uh, exclusively on the mid-market and they've done investments in Canada and, and frankly have looked at a lot of things in Canada and have currently have a portfolio company in Canada. And I would I wanted to start by maybe telling us a little bit about, about yourself and then about New Heritage and, uh, and we're going to go from there. So it'd be great to, to learn more about you and New Heritage. For sure, for sure. The um, so as you mentioned, we are a um, U.S.-based um, equity firm located in the great city of Boston, home to the Boston Bruins. You may have heard of them; they're they're a pretty good <laughs> hockey team. The uh, um, but we have been um, myself and my two partners have been working together. We are now on to our third decade, which is horrifying to think how fast time has come gone by. But we have a, a niche that we serve um, and our laser focus in serving that niche. And that niche is privately held businesses that have not accessed the institutional equity market before. And like any other private equity fund, you know, we investing out of a fund, but how we differentiate ourselves is we have a structure and you referenced it in the in the intro, which is a non-control equity recap product. It's actually, it's a registered trademark called the private IPO. And it's somewhat unusual for a private equity firm to focus on a brand, but the name Heritage has been synonymous with this thing called the private IPO for the better part now of, of, of more than two decades. And in a nutshell, it gives private business owners the benefits of going public while staying private, namely material liquidity. Most of our management partners are have a liquidity need either to diversify in personal net worth or cash out inactive shareholders who have a different risk profile than they as CEO do. They're also looking for growth capital because they think their business is the most, uh, the, the best asset to invest in. Um, but it, they see a great market opportunity ahead and they, they're looking for a capital partner uh, to help them achieve their growth objectives. But I think most uniquely and most importantly, we do such a thing, which I just described to you as a traditional recap product, but we do it in a non-control seat. So owners have more control post-close than they would with a traditional private equity firm. Uh, specifically, they retain three of the five board seats. Um, we get the other two. They have 51% of the votes. We have 49%. Uh, as you'd imagine, we have negative control rights or, or veto rights over the important things. But for the owner operator that says, I'm too young to retire and I'm not too keen on being somebody's employee, it's often seen as a nice alternative to a traditional 80-20 leverage buyout, which the overwhelming majority of the market focuses on. 
And Charlie, on, I mean, the private IPO is a unique product. I mean, we talk about minority deal investments, but what I've learned uh, in uh, in the past learning about this product is that that element of the, the partnership is really focused. You, you know, interestingly enough, most people associate private equity firms with wanting control, but I know that New Heritage really looks at the private IPO as, as an ability to actually partner with the owner and let them keep keep control for all all essences and i'm curious if you could talk about your experience with that with that ability to to let the owner keep control while still being partners for sure i think it's interesting that in private equity parlance this term partnership is i think a little bit of an oxymoron uh and i mean that because most control equity investors will pitch their uh, wares to a private business owner and say, we're going to be your best partner you can imagine. We have all the experience. We have a deep bench. We have some operating partners to really help you think about growth. But what that really means, Mario, is that that GP or that private equity firm has the right to fire the CEO the day after closing. And so from my perspective, I think the private equity partnership concept is a little bit of an oxymoron. With us, it is actually a true partnership because we actually relinquish the ability to fire the CEO the day after closing. So we think of it as much, much more of a true partnership. In our model, the owner keeps three of the five board seats uh, and 51% of the votes. And they're really looking to bring on a capital partner and a thought partner to help them grow the business. And we think that if the if we talk to people about a partnership, but in the back of our mind, we know that we can make that change without any recourse on behalf of the CEO, that's not really a partnership. But with us, it's much more about trying to find and identify those founder owners that see the next five years as the best five years in the history of their business. They are looking for growth capital and they're looking for that thought partner to help them think about growth and help take the business to the next level. And we just inherently believe that the leverage buy-in model, when the owners are looking to vote with their wallet, not their feet, is the most intuitive way to invest other people's money. Uh, Charlie, I know like other private equity firms, you know, we've all experienced the full uh, gambit when it comes to COVID, you know, seeing the kind of market stay still at the beginning of COVID. And now, obviously, everyone is really busy. How How is New Heritage? I mean, how, how has New Heritage been um, handling COVID? Is this an ideal environment for a concept like the private IPO? Do you find that there is more interest than ever? I know everyone's busy. I wanted to get your sense on, um, do you, are you seeing more interest and more activity? since COVID or since COVID's calmed down? Well, the short answer is uh, absolutely. And I think that if, if you're not uh, busy in this market, you might be in the wrong market. Um, we, um, uh, just as a point of, of, of context, I think it was mid-August where we, we track pretty closely our deal flow, as you'd imagine, Mario. I think it was by in mid-August whereby we beat our previous high watermark in terms of the number of NDA signed, which is a good proxy for quantity of deal flow, as compared to any previous year. And I think the previous high was in 2019. And in just under eight months, we beat that number just in terms of overall deal flow. We've um, closed four new platforms over the last 18 months. Um, very well-bought deals. Again, always been laser-focused and disciplined for our investors on finding those maniacal owner-operators that are focused on that recap. Uh, kind of approach and maintaining control and focusing on that next bite of the apple. But in general, yeah, the market is 
outrageously hot. I mean, as I said to somebody the other day, I went to my first uh, non uh, first marketing conference in Los Angeles, came back uh, last night. Um, imagine what this market would be like if there wasn't a pandemic and if there wasn't just huge challenges with the supply chain and, and, and concerns about rising interest rates. I mean, it's as almost as though the market is completely tone deaf to those issues because you still have an inordinate uh, appetite uh, from institutional investors and an equity overhang that is, you know, north of a trillion dollars unlevered looking to be put to work. So the market is as hot as it's ever been. I feel like we keep, have said that for probably eight years in a row now, just when you think it, it couldn't reach, you know, levels that we've seen before, it, it, it seems to reach higher levels. Now, I do think that we all like, it seems like on the private equity side, a lot of the same businesses, you know, so the a rank businesses are trading at values, the likes of which we've never seen before. But, you know, there's still a large component of the middle market, what I'll call the Bs or, you know, B plus to B minus C plus businesses that are getting done at more kind of uh, more favorable valuations. Everybody talks about, you know, the, the, the huge nosebleed valuation deals, but there continues to be a large uh, component of the market that are trading at more kind of uh, uh, what I'll call you know, more modest multiples. But it does seem to me today that if something doesn't trade for a double digit multiple, it's a distressed business. Whereas before, back in the, the good old days, I'll call it, if you got a double digit multiple of your business, then uh, you, you know you had uh, you you were really paying a full price. And I have to ask you the crystal ball. I always ask the crystal ball question, and you set me up for it, Charlie. So I have to. Where do you think that this all goes? Like when you look at where we're at now, because I know that's the question we all ask: inflation, will interest rates go up? And where do you think this all goes? I, I and I'm conscious that you know it's a it's a tough 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 answer given all that's happening but where, where do you think this market's going in, in terms well, of activity and volumes and and just the ability to get deals done well first of all i'm my crystal ball as my wife will attest is awfully cracked and foggy uh she'll attest that i'm more <laughs> wrong than right uh but be that as it may well first of all I, i'm going to say that i'm glad that uh, you know we're certainly not at the end of the pandemic but i'm 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 thrilled that uh, the border restrictions between our countries uh, have eased quite a bit. Um, as you referenced in your preamble, you know, we are um, not only do we get up to Canada to, to, to market and call on guys like you and, and our deal sources, but we've also done a number of deals north of the border, one of which is located in Peterborough, Ontario. And um, we didn't make the last board meeting because we were worried that uh, we might get quarantined for two weeks on the way back but it seems like those restrictions have lifted so pleased about that well charlie i want to say thank you for joining us today it's been it's been uh, great to have you and to get uh, you know your perspective and, and to learn more about about new heritage and and the private ipo and and the work that you're doing in the market so i i just wanted to say thank you for for joining us today uh it's it's been really informative and it's it's we love to have you in canada so please keep coming uh so thanks again well, listen, Mario, for a Raptors fan, you know, you're not all that bad. And um, I'm long overdue for my my next Italian meal in the great uh, city of Toronto. So you're get, you'll be the first one to hear from me when I get back up your way. Well, great. Look forward to seeing you. And the restaurants are open, so come and join us. All right, my friend. <laughs> Always a Thanks pleasure. Again. Take care. Thank you.